There's a common thread between the Steelers' free agent moves that Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin have been putting together that I don't think we've talked about enough yet. And I want to discuss that right here in the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We'll talk about that common link and we'll answer a lot of your questions on a mailbag Wednesday here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Let's get into it. You are Locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things at the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on the video if you enjoyed. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday options, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your, own, managing your own football franchise, this is the game for you. Download the game by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when they use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all caps, all one word, in the game. Be sure to check out Ultimate Football GM. We'll talk about it more in the show. Now, let's talk about some of the moves that the Steelers' actual GM have made and we've been talking about them we've gone over them as they've happened reported them and given some different dispositions as far as how they're going to fit onto the roster but i think there's another element that we need to discuss about it and especially when it comes to not necessarily demonte casey and larry ogunjobi because they've been there and we thought they would be guys that they could resign but especially with patrick peterson especially with Landon roberts especially with cole holcomb especially with isaac samalo um nate herbig you know, I think he's still a good signing, but this isn't as as much pertaining to him. But I think a big thing that's going on here that's com- that's a common link between those four players, because they're very four different players as far as what they do. So I'd say Alanda Roberts or Cole similar. But I think the thing that, that links them is their leadership qualities and the potential for their leadership qualities to work with what's going to be a young Steelers roster. Now, yes, there are guys who are going to be on the Steelers roster that aren't young. Cam Hayward, he's been around for a long time. He's carrying that carrying that torch. And none of these guys are going to take his place as a leader on the team. TJ Watt. And, you know, he, he's been around. He don't need nobody to lead him. Make it Fitzpatrick's another one. But I think one thing that Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin wanted to do with these free, with their free agent additions is they wanted to bring in guys who they didn't have to, like, if, if you looked at their, their character quotient, you know, what their notes were from the other teams that they were bringing them in from, they're guys you don't got to worry about. They're guys that are, you know, they, they made that they made their hay by being detailed workers and by being real students of their craft. And I think that's what you, that's what you look across the board and you see it. And if you go back and look at the thumbnail for this episode, You'll see Patrick Peterson and Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb all wearing C's on the chests of their jerseys because they were captains on the team, because they were detail-oriented types of players. Now, Samalo wasn't a captain because, well, Jason Kelsey was on his offensive line, and there's a lot more players there. But I think Samalo's a guy who could be that person to lean on for a young offensive Steelers offensive line. We still anticipate. I still anticipate the Steelers to add an offensive tackle who will go into training camp as you know a good with a good chance to beat out Dan uh, Dan Moore Jr. You still got James Daniels in his mid twenties, Mason Cole in his mid twenties, Chuksa Corfor in his mid twenties, 
and then Nate Herbing, Kevin Dotson, also them. It's like you got those guys, and then if you bring in Samalo, he's in his late twenties, and he has experience on a team that just went to the Super Bowl. Where you know the the vibe that you got from people who wanted to talk about him was that he could have been a leader on that offensive line if Jason Kelsey wasn't around, especially for the interior guys. But one thing that I've noted for years is that I think the Steelers have started to make this consistent push to get character guys who they know are going to be great locker room leaders and set the tone for everybody else. And that's not everybody. You know, there's certain picks they can't do that with. But you go back to their pick of Najee Harris. And a lot of people complaining because they drafted a running back in the first round. I think they drafted Najee Harris because he's not just a really good running back. But he's also the kind of guy that you want in your locker room who plays the running back position, who isn't just all about himself, who works with his team, who sets who sets the example and hypes his teammates up and is a great teammate for them. Kenny Pickett, the same way. Funny enough, they're back-to-back first-round picks. And I'll share with you a story that of, of a friend of mine, Chris Peak. He's been covering the Pitt Panthers for years longer than I have with PantherLayer.com. Go check out their work because they do a lot of great stuff. But, uh, you know, he was telling me a story about how he got from Jake O'Neill, who's a really good uh, offensive tackle for the Minnesota Vikings, he used to play at Pitt. And when Jake, when O'Neill was finishing his career at Pitt, Kenny Pickett was a freshman and he was getting in, he was getting on, he was getting his first playing time. And he said, in the game, one thing he noticed about Kenny Pickett, despite being a freshman, was in the huddle and he grabbed the guy's face mask and like got in his face and was telling him to focus and to lock in and putting that pressure there. And he was like, Whoa, that guy's different as a freshman. He's doing that kind of stuff. He's taking the, he's taking the reins as far as being a leader. And I think that's a big part of why the Steelers really liked Kenny Pickett beyond just his, any athletic abilities and any ability to read the field is how he carried himself as a leader, what he expected of himself and his teammates. And I think when you look at guys like Patrick Peterson, there's no question that guy knows what he's doing in the NFL. He's going to be in the right spots, and he can help others be in the right spots. Isaac Small, I think he's going to be a guy that this offensive line tees off of and can, can build together with moving forward. Both Roberts and Holcomb were guys on their teams, and they weren't the best players on their teams, but these were guys that they that their teammates could depend upon. These, these were guys that you could call on and say, hey, this guy's going to, whatever happens, this guy's going to be in the right spot. This guy's going to handle that job. And I think that's something that the Steelers want to make sure of right now, especially that with all these young players that you're hoping become, you know, the, the future of this organization, like Kenny Pickett, like Najee Harris, and like all these other guys, and then even players like George Pickens that you drafted. And George Pickens may not be that kind of guy. He's more of a playmaker uh, who, you know, will fight for his teammates, but not necessarily the leadership type quotient just yet. But I think when you bring a lot more guys like that, you bring all these these good locker room presences into your locker room where you have a lot of young, impressionable players who are developing their character as NFL athletes. I think you're setting yourself up to build a positive cultural environment and then set the stage for your young guys to continue carrying that environment when they become the leaders. And again, not to say that Cam Hayward hasn't done that because I think he has. Not to say that T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick and guys who've been there aren't working to do that because I think they have. But I think right now when you can get guys who are talented but also are good guys to have in the locker room and detailed guys to have around and at reasonable prices, it makes a lot of sense 
And I think it builds you towards something where you can you can look back and say, hey, you know what? These guys are going to help everyone else around them get better. These guys are going to be detailed, and that's they're, they're going to carry themselves the way that we want some of the younger guys and some of the rookies that they'll be drafting to carry themselves. So again, just looking at the the character, the more I talk to people, you know, uh, from that like, cover these other teams, like we've had David Harrison uh, uh, from. Uh, Locked on Commanders talk about Holcomb on this show. We've had Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings talk about Patrick Peterson on this show. I I think that's something that should not be overlooked and is important in the final equation as far as what the Steelers are doing in free agency. I still don't think they're done in free agency. And I think there's some questions in our mailbag that are going to talk about some of these free agency decisions. We'll talk about that in a little bit and how it impacts what the Steelers could do with the rest of free agency and what they will do with the NFL draft, as well as maybe some standings as far as are they actually better now from what they've done. All that and more will come in our mailbag segments right coming coming up right here. So, don't, so stick around. Maybe your question, if you called into the show, was 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 answered here. We'll, we'll find out in just a minute. But first, love to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, and that's FanDuel. And of course, FanDuel is the number one sportsbook in America. If you want to check out F- FanDuel Sportsbook, uh, you can go in, download the app, and new customers, if you haven't used it before, you get a chance to have the no-sweat first bet, which gets you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if you miss on your first bet. So you can do all of that by downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You can get on any of your mobile devices. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to how many three-pointers are trained in a basketball game. They have NBA games, March Madness games, all the all the games that you can want right now in hoop season. This is your chance to get on it. FanDuel lets you make player prop bets and gives you so many options to bet on and make money from. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Don't miss out on the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get to the mailbag questions because there's some really good ones in here. Uh, First of all, I just want to thank everyone who does call into the show. I do apologize. We didn't get to do a lot of mailbag while I was on the road. As you see, I'm finally back home. I'm no longer on the road. I felt like I was on the road for three weeks at the Combine and then at the ACC tournament and then following March Madness. And that was a great experience, but I'm happy to sleep in my own bed and to work at my own desk now. So now that we're doing that, I had time to comb through a lot of the questions you've been leaving over the past couple of weeks, and we got to some right here. Here's our friend James from Pennsylvania, who has a very good question that ties into a move the Steelers could make in free agency, but also could make in the NFL draft. Here's James. Hey, Chris, this is James from Pennsylvania. My question is, as of right now, Terrell Edmonds is not signed yet. So do, do you think the Steelers will go ahead and try to draft uh, Brian Brantz, who um, did say that he would like to play with Minka Fitzpatrick? Or do you think that we'll um, still sign Terrell Edmonds or, or even go after one of the other um, safeties in the class? Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you, James, for your question. And remember, if you ever want to call into the show, all you all you have to do is call in 412-223-6644 and leave your name, where you're from, and what your question is. Keep it under a minute in your question. you have a better chance to get on the show. But, James, to answer your question, I, I think the Steelers are going to do what they did last year with Terrell Edmonds. 
And it's nothing personal. It's just the business of how they're going to do things and that they know Terrell Evans, he's paid his dues in the NFL. He's shown that he's a competent NFL safety. He's not a turnover creator. He's not going to make the big splash plays, but he will be where you need him to be, and he will make plays against the run and plays against the pass, and he still has really good athleticism and really good size, and he's still young. He's like 25 years old. He's at the right age that you want to sign a guy who can be with your team for another four or five years and still be at his athletic height at least. Um, but the issue is that because he doesn't have those splash, splash plays and safety is just a very tough free agent market to score it, unless you're a superstar type of player or even a star type of player, it is tough to make your money in that market. And with Terrell Edmonds' stats, I think that he's up against it. And the Steelers knew this last year. The Steelers let him hit free agency then. They let him sit around and eventually they scooped him up. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen here. If someone wants to pay him good money, they will. And I think Terrell Evans does deserve to get paid. You know, not like super money, like $10 million or nothing like that a year. But I'm thinking like, you know, he deserves a good veteran contract. And I think it would behoove the Steelers to bring him in for a three, a good three-year, $5 million year deal where he, he gets paid really well over the next few years. But again, this is a business. And then you're sitting here, the Steelers. Do you lock yourself into that situation when you know you have Minka Fitzpatrick and DeMonte KZ? Or... Do you keep the door open for, as James said, a Brian Branch situation where, say, all your defensive line, offensive line, uh, receivers, cornerbacks, all those options are just off the board at 17th overall. And there's no really good trade options for you. But Brian Branch is sitting there. And, yes, he did say he wants to play with Minka Fitzpatrick. And his tape is really good from Alabama. Didn't have a great combine. But – he shows the ability to be a playmaker and to play in different set schemes to help in the slot, to help as a strong safety, to, to be that kind of a guy. Would you pass that up? And then there's also you can go get other safeties in this draft class. That is also another option as well. And there's not pressure on, on that safety to be a supreme starter who's making all the plays, especially when you have Mika Fitzpatrick, who is the star of your, of your secondary, and you have uh, DeMonte Casey already coming back at this point. So I think the, the, to answer your question, James, I think that the the, Steelers, the position the Steelers have put themselves in that they are very comfortable with is that they are going to wait to see if they can hit in the draft. And then if Terrell Edmonds is tired of waiting around for another deal from someone else, they'll sign him back. He'll probably get like a one-year deal, maybe four-some million dollars. And then we'll do this dance all over again next year. Which, yeah, that's unfair to Terrell Edmonds. I think he's more than earned a, a good multi-year veteran contract. But I think the Steelers are doing are are playing the game where they're like, you know what? If no one's going to force our hand to have to pay pay this guy a lot of money, we're not going to pay this guy a lot of money. And again, I like Terrell. I think he's a really good dude. I think he's another guy that's a good role player in your locker room who sets a good tone for everybody else. And again, he's a detail-oriented guy. You know, he doesn't have the ball skills, but He's, he's, he's always setting the right kind of leverage when you need him in coverage. He's maintaining inside leverage. He's helping against the run. He's doing the extra work. And, he's, and, and he has a great rapport with Mika Fitzpatrick. Why ruin that when he's not that expensive to keep around? Just my opinion there. But there's another question that involves the secondary and the secondary's free agent moves that I think is, is interesting. Here's Dean from Prescott, Arizona, with a question on the secondary, and especially Patrick Peterson. Hey, Chris, this is Dean with, um, up in Prescott, Arizona. Uh, 
just read that the Steelers signed Patrick, Patrick Peterson to a two-year contract. I was just wondering if you think that this would bolster the chances of them taking a cornerback with the first pick or the 32nd pick to learn behind Patrick Peterson for the next two years. So that way, after he goes, we have a solid CB1 that's been training under one of the best for the past decade. Just want to know your thoughts. Love the show. Have a good one. Thank you, D, for your question. Appreciate you because you, uh, you've called in more than a couple times uh, with good questions. So let's let's get to the crux of this question here. Yes, I do think the Steelers do draft the cornerback, but also – I think it's interesting to look at now. If you were, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw the card that I always put up. I always put up images and the person's name and where they're from, and then I put a player or two in the pictures there for you to see. Now, if you were watching on YouTube, I wonder if you know. You obviously recognize Patrick Peterson was the one cornerback I had up, but the other cornerback, do you know who that was? That was TCU cornerback uh, Travius Hodges Tomlinson, and he's a guy who was. Very adept at making plays on the football when it was in the air. He was aggressive. He's small, but he it would be a very interesting slot option that the Steelers could probably take uh, as or as as high as a late day two pick to as low as a as a as, as your fourth round pick if he's still somehow sitting around there. But the reason I chose him is because I agree the Steelers should get another cornerback that learns under this group because they have a lot of veterans and Patrick Peterson is a good leader to sit, sit atop those veterans and kind of set the tone for everybody else. But the Steelers just signed back James Pierre on a Tuesday afternoon, which was something that I said was going to happen for months on the show. I was like, they're bringing him back. He's the one, no one's going to pay top dollar for James Pierre just yet. He's going to come back on a cheap deal. It's going to come up, come back again. They like his special teams work. They like him as a, as a, as a pinch hitting corner. That's perfect. They'll, they'll, they'll make that work. But you look at the Steelers roster right now, Patrick Peterson at cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, James Pierre, and Arthur Mollett. Four of those guys are outside corners. Essentially, you are set there now. Arthur Mollett at slot corner, you like his heart, but he's just not that kind of a playmaker who can be a game changer. He's a good fill-in piece that's a glue piece that fits in between everybody else. But the reason I put in a Travis Hodges Tomlinson I also could have put Emmanuel Forbes because they are guys who have really good ball skills, really good athleticism, and could play in the slot and be very interesting with this crew. And they still could get an outside corner. I think this is a great corner class, and the Steelers should consider one. And, heck, if, if one of them falls, then they should absolutely jump all over that and be like, all right, we'll figure it out later. But I'd even consider double-dipping a corner if, say, like Devin Witherspoon falls to at 17 and then suddenly you're sitting there in the third and fourth round and you're like, man, this is a really good slot corner who can boost our secondary and that's the highest value we have on the board left. Double-dip. Go get it. Make it happen. Make your secondary elite. Do what you got to do. But I think that's the key that the Steelers need to tap into there is that, yes, get a young cornerback that's going to learn, but – if you get a really talented slot guy, especially in like the, the 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 middle rounds there, I think it would do a lot for their secondary. It would it would it would give them another person, and again, uh, a, a, a slot guy with really good ball skills who can help with the turnover game and help win ball bad balls out of the air. We've said all along. I think the emphasis for this team is not as much anymore. Keep the play in front of you, tackle, and then just play for the next down. 
because that did work for a long time in the NFL. But I think with all the, the high-level passing offenses that and the and the rules of today's game, you can't just do that all the time. You need turnover players. And for example, Hodges Tomlinson has five interceptions in the last two years. I think that's the direction that they're going. And I think it just makes sense to get a young cornerback to take advantage of having a young corner who could come in and learn behind Patrick Peterson and alongside several other veterans who have already done the job. We got more mailbag questions coming up. Stay tuned right here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Got more I want to talk to you guys about here uh, for questions that have been piling up on our desk here. But before we do any of that, love to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Ultimate Football GM, which is your chance to be an NFL GM in uh, this mobile game that you can play right on your phone. You can do it online. You can do it offline. But the whole point is be a great GM, build a team from the ground up, Pick the name, the colors, the city you represent, the team, everything that you want. Build your facilities up, your stadiums, your scouting boards. Build, hire and fire your coaches, your staff. Make roster decisions, trades, draft things, and then get your team out there and see if they can win championships. And it's a game. It doesn't take that long to play. I've played a season as fast as five minutes. Your goal is to play 25 seasons as a GM. And if you're able to win championships, you stick around. If not, then your job's in trouble. But it's very realistic in the sense that it gives you challenges all throughout the season that you have to address as a GM. I loved playing this game. I had a lot of fun in my 25 seasons. I got 19 championships. If you think you can do better, go download this game right now and prove me wrong by visiting ultimate-gm.com or look the game up in app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. And Locked On Steelers listeners, you can get a 100% free boost to the franchise of, of your franchise by using the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On in the game store. That'll give you a 100% free boost on all your stats when you've downloaded the game. But again, to download the game, check out checking your app stores for Ultimate Football GM. Also, you can download the game at ultimate-gm.com. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing to take your mailbag questions here on the show that you've called in. Again, you can call that show, you can call in the show 412-223-6644. Leave us a, a name with your, leave, leave us a voicemail with your name, where you're from, and keep your question under a minute. And uh, we're going to jump to a question from our man, Nathan Glass. Now, let me tell you, shout out to my man, Big Nate. Nate, you be leaving a lot of questions. I do apologize that I can't always get to you. Uh, but you know, I know you listen to the show every day, and I really appreciate you. So, Nate, here's your question up, and it's about the linebacker additions and what I think about them compared to where the Steelers have been. Here's Nate from California. How you doing, Chris? Nate just from California. I just got a question about the Cole Holcomb signing and middle linebacker. Chris, did we upgrade or did we downgrade? Um, losing Robert Spillane, um, I'm curious. Um, maybe you can reach out to the, uh, you know, locked on, um, commanders, uh, guy, see, see, uh, what he got to say about this guy. Um, I heard he played seven games, uh, had a season in the injury. Um, but you know, uh, hopefully he can, uh, come back from that. But, uh, mainly the question is, man, do we upgrade or we downgrade? Uh, your thoughts. Thanks for call. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Nathan, for your call, and we'll try to keep up the good work here. Let's talk about this because the question is, did the Steelers upgrade or downgrade at linebacker? 
And let's be clear, I think the linebacker room is still not complete yet. I still think they are going to make a move there in the NFL draft, and that will complete the room. But the linebackers last year were Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Splain, Mark Robinson, and Marcus Allen filling in. So maybe they also could add two more linebackers if they want. Right now, the linebacker room is Cole Holcomb, who comes from the commanders. And like Nathan pointed out, he did not finish the year healthy. He had a foot injury. But uh, I think the Steelers, in doing their due diligence, they probably cleared him, and he's good to go. You have a Landon Roberts, the Dolphins linebacker. But both of those guys are guys that play downhill, that are physical against the run. And I'd say Cole Holcomb's a little better against the pass than the Landon Roberts, I believe. I still have to look more at Atlanta Roberts State to break break him down completely, but from what I have watched and had time to see, I think that they're both they both fit that mold that they can help against the run and maybe not be as effective against the pass. And they still need to get a guy who is, which is why I think that this would be a good time to use one of those second round picks to go get a guy like that in the NFL draft, like a Jack Campbell, like a Drew Sanders, like a Trenton Simpson, guys who are really good athletes can move and can cover on on the field. Those are different things that you could do at linebacker, but. Again, to get back to Nate's question, did the Steelers improve? I'd say that they improved over Robert Spillane. But I struggle to say that they improved over Miles Jack. I think that they'll have improved over Devin Bush simply for the fact of, I think all these guys are going to be a little bit more detail-oriented. And they're going to be better at attacking the run and taking on blockers. I think that's going to be uh, certainly a factor that plays in here. But for the linebacker position, Miles Jack was going to be take, making, I believe, $13 million a year, maybe $11 million a year. I may be overinflating that, but he's going to be making a lot of money. And this is a guy who did lead the team in tackles, but had no interceptions, no forced fumbles, no fumbles recovered. And this Steelers team needs to create turnovers if they're going to be paying people that kind of money. And he had a knee injury. He didn't exactly finish the year healthy. I think this was more of just a tough spot where they had to figure some things out. And they got some good veterans who can come in and do basically what Miles Jack was kind of doing. And by doing that with Miles Jack, they're not taking up all of Miles Jack's money, salary cap space in one person. And so, again, they can draft a rookie or two, throw them in there, see what happens with Mark Robinson. And then at the end of the day, you got a, I think, a more steady linebacker room. So, yes, they did upgrade. But I think it was more the, in the steadiness of having guys, two guys at the top of the line who could both be solid at what they kind of do and give you that depth option. But they still need to add to it. So I don't think that that, that story is done yet. Last question here comes from our man Andy in Plains, Pennsylvania, who asks not a Steelers question, but about an AFC North rival who made a big move. Here's Andy. Hello, Chris Carter. This is Andy in Plains, Pennsylvania. And my question now is concerning the Cincinnati Bengals. They have already put together a really good offensive line, but now they picked up probably a top three tackle in Brown. And I'm wondering if you think that changes things on us rushing Joe Burrow so much uh, or if we're going to have to rush more against them. I look forward to hearing your response. Love the show. Keep it up. Bye. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, And we will keep it up. So he's right. The Bengals made a huge move to go get Orlando Brown, uh, offensive tackle, Super Bowl champion, and multi-time pro bowler 
uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs, also played for the Ravens before. Uh, you know, they brought him in four years, $64 million, really big contract, really big deal, because they do want to protect Joe Burrow. And, and make no mistake, yeah, I think that uh I think that that's 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 a really big move there. Um and Orlando Brown brings a lot of experience. Uh, you know, I think he's gonna be an interesting pickup there, but I don't think this changes anything. I still think you, you what, you're going to let an offensive tackle scare TJ Watt. No, what are you talking about? They're going after that guy. And he's probably going to line up on the left tackle spot. I believe I haven't looked at their depth chart entirely, but either way him and Alex, I think Watt and Alex Highsmith, they can give it to Orlando Brown. And yes, he's high paid and he has a high pro pedigree, but if you go to pro football focus and you don't have to even look at their grades, just go to pro football focus Go to by position, click offensive tackles, and click blocking. And then when you go through there, look up the who, who's amount who's allowed the most pressures from last season. According, according to offensive tackles by position. And it is none other than Orlando Brown Jr., who is now going to be playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. That and on top of the Bengals' 10th overall pick just a few years ago, Jonah Williams, who's an offensive tackle, who was supposed to be the kind of the pillar of the group. He has requested a trade since they've signed him. It is not all sunshines and rainbows over there, and I don't think that they've necessarily solved their offensive line problem. I don't think they really solved it last year either. I think that, I think that in the first game, you saw what a healthy T.J. Watt and, uh, and a healthy D. Steelers defense that wasn't tired out because the offense was sending them back out there every play for four straight, four straight weeks. I think you saw what they could do to that offensive line last year. And then, and then the second time they met, T.J. Watt was just coming off his injury. That team was dealing with a lot at the time. The offense was still kind of putting them out there a lot. There was a lot that was going on there. But when those two teams were fresh, ready to go at the start of the season, that Steelers pass rush ate Joe Burrow alive. And I don't think adding Orlando Brown is going to stop that next year. And I think the Bengals are still going to be a very dangerous team. Don't make me make it sound like I'm trying to say, that, oh, they're nothing. I think that they're going to be a team to reckon with. They're still probably going to win the AFC North. I think that the Steelers are going to battle with them. But I could see the Steelers splitting with them again this next year, just like they did last year. And I think that if – Someone's scared of Orlando Brown because he's a big name in free agency and probably you saw his rating in Madden was really good or something. I would not let that intimidate you if you're a Steelers fan because the Steelers have some of the best best pass rushers in the NFL. And I think they have the best pass rusher in the NFL because his name is T.J. Watt. And if he's healthy, I'd be watching out for him. So yeah, I mean, still the the Bengals are the top dogs. They've been the top dogs in uh, in the division for two straight years. There'll be someone the Steelers have to take to, to have to have to get after. But I wouldn't change up a single thing about my strategy to do so because I think the Steelers are building towards something that could make them the top dogs again very soon. That's all we have time for today. Thanks so much for all the mailbag questions who called in. Keep calling in. Keep leaving voicemails. We will try to keep working you guys in more regularly into the show. Apologize for not being able to do that as much while I was on the road. Again, just complications. Just trying to make sure we're getting the daily content out 
while I'm traveling and doing my job at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. By the way, if you want to read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, go to post-gazette.com. Subscribe there, uh, and you can get all of my content there. I cover the Pitt Panthers. We also have several Steelers writers on, on, the, on the beat that are awesome. I talk to them all the time there as well. Um, so check out the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and all our work there. Um, I'm, I'm back in Pittsburgh. I just went to Pitt football camp, and there's some really good guys. I was also talking to some of the Pitt football NFL draft prospects who were at practice on Tuesday. Lots of stuff there. But anyways, again, thanks for checking out the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. Check out my work here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Also watch this video on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes. And if you want to help with the show even further, go on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars with a positive comment. You both at the same time in Apple Podcasts, I'll get you a shout out at the end of the show because we appreciate that, that, that kind of love. Thanks again to everyone for joining. My man Tony Serino is back for a Thursday edition of the Locked On, Locked On Steelers podcast. Tune in for that. And then we'll finish the week, of course, with Jenna Harner. Maybe the Steelers will make more free agency moves. You can find all of that right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 